This stanza is called Understanding as the Root of the Path. It's very common to hear statements that proclaim the intellect as contrary to spiritual development. But this is like saying that the tongue is not necessary to taste chocolate. The path is mind alone, and that means the mind must be developed, sharpened, refined. And this entails cultivating the intellectual virtues, becoming rich in open-ended reason, entering all the fields of knowledge and absorbing the manifold of diverse insights produced by the great thinkers. Without all of this, the path goes around in the circles of habit, and the patterns of ignorance proliferate rather than diminish. It is true that at a certain point, the intellect is melted into open, luminous space, and conceptual knowledge is henceforth transformed into yogic insight. But such a point is lofty, and the being who attains it is fully matured. They have learned to think before they have mastered the yoga of non-thinking. There is no object of knowledge unworthy of study. Even the areas of knowledge which are rife with fallacy always contain some true insights. And moreover, they are capable of revealing the true mind which arises when the fallacies are sufficiently grasped and exposed. So it's prejudice and fear alone which prevent the person from entering into foreign domains of knowledge. And the cocoon of the familiar is a prison of contempt. Wisdom is born from understanding. Understanding is born from knowledge. And knowledge is born from entering into the unfamiliar in a spirit of openness and with a willingness to learn. This is an axiom on the path. And this is a commentary to the stanza called Understanding as a Root of the Path. In many mystical or contemplative traditions, there is a deep suspicion of thinking and its fruits, of things like philosophy and science and the human sciences and other domains of theory or knowledge. So the mystic or contemplative is often exhorted to go beyond the intellect and find the higher mind which exists beyond thought. And because of this exhortation, 
Practitioners in those traditions can become very robust anti-intellectuals and outwardly hostile to the very process of analytical thinking and reasoning and understanding. This stanza adopts the very opposite view. It proposes that the intellect, that true thinking, that gaining true knowledge, are all the very quintessence of the yogic path. And the reason for this is that the very logic of a spiritual path implies the development of the mind, and that implies a cultivation of intellectual virtues. To walk on a spiritual path, one must utilize the gifts of the mind, not deny them. And the means to achieve this is to be brave and open in entering any field of human knowledge. Because there is never anything to lose but your own ignorance. It is always the case that particular fields of human knowledge are incomplete and sometimes they contain more fallacies and truths. But this is not a cause to abandon them. It's rather a means to sharpen and clarify your own understanding. Because if you can correctly discern the errors or the incompleteness of a particular domain of knowledge, your own understanding will advance significantly. And this is really the key point of the stanza. Understanding is the seat of wisdom. Wisdom arises out of understanding. So it follows that understanding must be developed, or it will remain trapped in the circles of habit, an all-encompassing cocoon, unless it is actively resisted by taking the development of understanding as an axiom of the path. Now at some point, I think it is quite true that the yogi or yogini must go beyond conceptual thinking and beyond ordinary knowledge, and beyond the intellect, and beyond thinking itself, arriving at the place of non-conceptuality which the mystics privilege. But the point is that to get there, one must go through the path of understanding, not around it. In short, true knowledge leads to true silence.